Rice featuring the GS14. On the show today, I have my co-host, Joey, a.k.a. True Styles. But we also have a special guest, Floyd Nassis Jr. It's Sunday, December 3rd, 2023. What's good, fellas? Everything's What's live. Good? Everything's What's good? good. Happy Sunday. Happy, happy to be here. What's cracking? Hey, thanks for coming, man. We appreciate you. I'm glad to we be go here. back all these years. There's nothing better than have you here now. That shows real love. Show yeah. family right. forever. Okay, guys. I just want to get into this a little bit before we start asking some questions. Um, I just want people to get to know who we're interviewing, uh, Floyd Nassis Jr. And we're gonna start this show off about his father, a legendary AAU coach in Rhode Island. Um just a, a well-liked guy, and he's got a great story to tell about his dad and some other things. Joey, why don't you continue us off on this? Well, first, for some that don't know, as Brian mentioned, his dad was a legendary AAU figure in the area. It wasn't just Rhode Island. He had an influence in New York, Massachusetts as well. And I'm sure some of the, uh, the influence trickled up into the lower northern New England states is Vermont and New Hampshire. But AAU... Is actually a amateur athletic union. It's for all amateur sports. It's supposed to be a nonprofit, but it's turned into something as, we, as a revenue generating machine at this point. But back in the 90s, AAU was an invitational, almost like a camp. It was an invitational space to get yourself into uh, when it comes to sports, specifically basketball. And that's what he was pretty prominent in. Floyd Narcisse Jr., Again, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. How do you feel today? I'm blessed, man. Blessed by the best. Blessed by the best, my brother. Blessed by the best. So we going back 30 years. You, know, you and yeah. I, even this, this topic of the AAU. Describe what it was like in the 90s in the AAU era. Let's go back. Let's let's go back to the late 80s, 88, 89, when I first moved to um, Providence Plantation, Rhode Island. My father had his first AAU basketball tournament um, at Rhode Island College. Um, before, not the, the old gym, the old gym, Rhode Island College. He had Abdul Abdullah as his point guard. This is the first year. Um, he had Ed Cooley at one of the guards. He had uh, uh, Benton. Um, we had he had the best of the best of Rhode Island's. Um, he used to bring so then the next year, <clears throat> the second year, he had it. He had the ultimate Travis Best, who played for Georgia Tech, went to the NBA at the number two. He had Anthony Harris, went to Syracuse, then he went to uh, University of Hawaii at the three. He had Curtis Bostic out of Brockton, Massachusetts, went to uh. University of Cincinnati went to the Final Four team with Nick Van Etzel. Um, after four, he had Troy Brown. He went to uh, Providence College. Uh, he had Derek Kellogg off the bench. He went to University of uh, Massachusetts. Edgar Padilla, who went to University of Massachusetts. He had uh, he had uh, Roland Hanna one year. He had he had the best of the best because at the time he didn't uh, Rhode Island wasn't put on the map. No, no disrespect to to, to the Rhode Island Breakers. No disrespect to the buddies, um, but my father believed in exposure. My father believed in if you're not playing in front of major colleges, you're not playing in front of coaches, what's the point of you uh, playing A? You're wasting your money. Um, so my father used to just have this major tournament 
Um, and he used to have all college coaches all across the country um, to come to this particular tournament to, to, to recruit and to, to look at players just just apart in the New England area because my father started it all. I wouldn't say he started it all, but he, he made it better. He put a light on it. Um, my other question is, what did your dad have to deal with back then? Parents giving permission to a stranger, traveling and dealing with the intense schedule. What was it like for him back then? Can you do you remember what what he was going through? The the struggle was trying to finance everything because back then, my father did it all in his own pocket. He he um he he did whatever he could. He believed in what the Bible says: "You have not, because you ask not." So he he would ask whoever it may be. You know, if it was the labor's union, if it was uh, Jay Gregory, JJ Gregory and Company, um, if it was whoever it may be. You know, what I'm saying that the man off the street. My father would ask whatever whoever would be able to sponsor and help out um, to to the team. So it was a struggle because to help the help to get the funding um, and get the respect and and the like you said to with parents. Some parents don't. Who is this young? Who is this man? Um, is he going to try to take advantage of uh, my of my son? Or so we had to get all that. But it, it started at John Hope. You know, we had the structure at John Hope when we uh, took the kids to. Montreal, Canada, um, you know what I'm saying? For and so it started there. It started, it started in the hood, the west side, you know, uh West uh, End, you know, West End, uh, you yeah. know, it's in the Wigan and Village, right across the street was the projects, and then it started there in the foundation when we first moved there. You know, people understand my father volunteered his first year, he volunteered himself at John Hope. He didn't get paid. That was all volunteer work, you know what I'm saying? He would uh work at ATT during the day, go to John, go to John Hope at night. That's how we Want to expose, you know, he wants to expose Rhode Island's finest. Um, so good question. Started at John Hope and and and, and it flourished from there, you know. Yeah, we lived in Seacomp, but guess what? We was in Providence every single day. Um, the struggle for me was being the only black person in Seacomp, you know. Who who supported the most? Who, like, who did he count on? Would you say you got it? It's, it's Jay Gregory, uh, Rhode Island Federation, uh, Eric, Eric. Guy from around formation, but definitely out of Seacon was JJ Greg. You got he was a go to guy, you know. He hey. definitely helped out a lot. And then yeah, when um, Dickie Simpkins, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, then when Dickie Simpkins came to the league, he helped, he, he definitely helped out. But um in the in the in the parts when we was in Seacock and Providence, it was Jay Gregory, and it was definitely help the labor shooting. Shout um, out to the labor shooting. Floyd, who was JJ Gregory? He was a uh a white man lived in Seacomp, had a, had his own construction business, and he's Providence. Uh, he's no he longer that uh, business is no longer there. But uh, he uh, his son went to school with me. His his well, I'm sorry, his daughter went to school with me. His son was younger than me, uh, but he was a good man that my father met uh, just being around Seacomp. I think that business has moved up to Smithfield, Rhode Island. JJ Gregory and son, if that's if that's any affiliation, but check this yeah, out. Did your dad ever experience any awkward situations where do you think parents they didn't want to allow their children to play for him because he was black, or did he ever have, have any other issues to deal with because you know, he wasn't a white coach? We definitely experienced being uh, racism in America. You know that's that's always happened. It happened in, in Springfield, Mass. It happened in Providence, Rhode Island. Um, it definitely yeah. happened in Seacock, Massachusetts when um, he was they, they told him they didn't give him a job because he was overqualified. You know, come on, that's that's ridiculous. Um, so yes, that. to answer your question, yes, he did have to experience that. Um, not not all the time, but he definitely experienced it. 
Hey, Floyd, I got another question. Did you and your dad ever talk about what are some of his most fondest memories of AAU circuit, or if not his, first, yours? The first time he beat Riverside Church, because you got to remember back in the day, ah. uh, Riverside <laughs> Church was the number one AAU a, a program in America. Riverside and Gotros, you know what I'm saying? So my father been playing them since people don't realize my father coached. My father had a tournament in Springfield, Massachusetts, and Patrick Ewing was his star center. You hear me? Patrick was Ewing. Dana Barrows on that team as well. Dana Barrows played, but he didn't. He played. He played on the Boston. Dana Barrows as well. Yes, but uh, Patrick Ewing played on my father's tournament team in Springfield, Massachusetts before he went to Georgetown. All because my father knew a guy named Mike Chavez. Mike Chavez was. Patrick Ewing's high school coach, who also played, at, also I'm sorry, Mike Jarvis became the head coach at St. John's some years later down the line. But um, I do remember him. So now moving to Providence, say 89, 90, the fondest ring is when he had the, you know, he had the, he had the stack. He finally had a chance to beat Riverside Church. Riverside Church had a stack house. They had uh, Brian Superman Reese, you know, who went to North Carolina. Carlos Easton went to URI, but he had they had they had teams on teams on teams. Kenny Anderson. So his fond members when he had Travis Best, Anthony Harris, you know, Chris Dunn was on the team. I believe Chris Dunn was a junior. Okay. What did you like yeah. most about AAU back then versus what you like about AAU now? That's a great question, Joey. That's a great, great question. What I liked it back then, I believe back then the the the, the coaches cared more about the, the the players than than not saying that they don't now, but <laughs> back then it was it was genuine. Now I feel like some folks just want to check. You gotta understand, my father did this. He didn't get no check. He didn't charge nobody. Yeah. It was us selling hot dogs, meat. You know what I'm saying? Selling hot dogs in front of places. You know what I'm saying? Now these folks want to check, and it's like. I, I cringe because, like, yo, my father did this for free. Mm. Sent people to Canada out of his back. You know what I'm saying? So it's it, it's it's totally different. It's it's I get it. I mean, everyone's have to eat somehow, but it's not the same. Definitely not the same. I was even talking to Dickie Simpkins the other day about it. It's just like he said. He said he called me Lindsay. He said Lindsay just got to stand because I was gonna get back into it here in Florida. Yep. I am. We're gonna get into that. I am, but. Yeah. I was going to do my own thing. He said, but man, it's not the same when your father was doing it. So just be careful. <laughs> Floyd. Yes. Do you think your dad could exist or thrive with the current setup of AAU? And if so, why? And if not, why not? Yes, because my father had the connections. Um, basically, he knew he knew the right people to call. He knew, he knew where to find the talent. But the only thing is my father just didn't, he didn't settle. He didn't he didn't settle. So, I mean, so yes and no. But also my father's old school, you know what I'm saying? So all these kids with long dreads and braids and all this stuff was the time. My father didn't believe in that, you know what I'm saying? He coached the Feinstein, went and allowed one kid junior year. You know, you can't do that now. But, you know, of course he would have adapted the times, but he was old school. He believed straight and L. When you go somewhere, you wear a shirt and tie. No earrings, no none of that. No. Yeah. So he, but. Was I mean, he against he, tattoos? Uh, he didn't. He don't. He don't. He didn't believe me. He wouldn't. He wouldn't say you can't play with because the tattoos. He just covered up. Right. But okay. like he was old. I said, oh. So so as a grown up, I don't have tattoos myself because my father didn't believe in that. 
Yeah. What do you think he would say about the constant travel, little practice time, and such intense recruiting now with AAU? Because it's so competitive. There's, there's, there's thousands of teams always, out there. It's, it's, I mean, it's always been that. Now it's just watered down. So that's why they, that's why they, that's why they, you have to look at it broken down into three sneaker major things now. You know, if, if you're not on the major circus, the college coach is really not looking at you. If you're not on the EBL, Under Armour, Adidas, and now we are coming through, but the major thing is they're going to Peach Jam. They're yeah. going to Nebraska for the for the uh for Adidas. Yeah. I've been blessed. This year is my first year working on a national team with um Austin Rivers, Southeast Elite. I had an opportunity yeah. to coach with them. They sponsored by Adidas. It's they they main they go everywhere, but that's not the whole people understand that's not the whole program. But yeah, respect to shout out to them because they gave me an opportunity. To work with the uh, 14s and 15s. Floyd, speaking of money and checks, what do your dad would have think about Nike, Under Armour, and Adidas pumping in so much money into the AAU game? As long as they go to to the right people, you know what I'm saying. Um, you got to make sure that the, you know you you, you fill it into. Because one thing my father did, and I respected him for this, is that. My father believed in loyalty. Um, so what it was is that since my father wasn't sponsored by those Nikes and Adidas, he knew who was sponsored and sent, for example, Curtis Boston. You know, he sent Curtis to BABC. He sent Chad to uh, play with Wayne Simone with Connecticut Select. He sent, you know, Roland, Roland, because he knew that in order to be looked at, you got to go to these national tournaments. You got to, back then, you had to go to Vegas. You know what I'm saying? Yo. Back then, you had to go to Booth. Williams, you had to go to those places, so he understood the business. In order for you to go there, you have to be at those places. So he was one of the first amateur athletic union, aka AAU coaches in Southeast New England. What do you think made him get involved with it? Uh, the people, man. He, he loved people. I was not. He wouldn't say the first. I would just say, say if you want to say the first, the first black. Let's. I want to say because I mean. We had, like I said, we moved to Rhode Island. You had respect to the Rhode Island Breakers. So, um, but he he did it because he wanted to help people. He believed that basketball was just more than just a basketball, putting the ball in the roof, putting the ball in the hoop. He believed in having opportunity. What you do in school, what you do on the court will last a lifetime. Would you have uh, – I'm sorry, I didn't cut you off. What were you saying, man? Teamwork. He believed in teamwork. He believed in what you, you know okay. what I'm saying – Basketball was a, was a thing. If you had a routine, if you did it correctly, you could be successful in life. What was hey, Floyd. That? Just, uh, do you think that there was too much influence by these sneaker companies? It's I wanted to get to that before it's, we got into the other question. It's definitely too much influence on these sneaker companies because a lot of these um, – it's definitely influence on these sneaker companies because a lot of these players ain't worth it, can't play nothing, but they, because they're on these sneaker teams – they get looks, and that's the, what I'm saying. Is if you're not in the room, you can't get looks. So unfortunately, if, if Charlie down the street is not on the sneaker company team, he may not get an opportunity to to, to shine. Hmm. Hmm. What is the best part? What is the best part of doing national tournaments? And also, what is the worst part? Travel and travel. I love to travel, but also it's travel. You know, it's unfortunately these these players are 
my father believed in helping people, so he would put he wouldn't he now these now now these now these coaches putting four or five players in one room. You know what I'm saying? Overstacking people and so travel, you know, travel and making sure that they accommodated, make sure they're eating correctly and make sure that they're going to bed. So Do you think it's too much? It's definitely too much because at the, if you look at it, some of the boys gotta be in school. They don't have they can't even <laughs> and that's the problem now. It's no loyalty. Yeah. They don't like in school, they go transfer. back then you had a way to get a transfer. Okay, okay. Have enough time to heal and recover from these tournaments and games? They do not. They definitely do not. I have. A, I had a, a player a couple of years ago who uh, played D one basketball, played D one basketball, played D one football, but there was also um, there was traveling, traveling so much didn't have enough time to heal. You know, they're playing three games. They're playing three, four games a day, and then you think you get hurt the second game. It's not that many players. So, but no, to answer your question, though, no, they don't have enough time to heal. Um, it's ridiculous. Like I said, it did. something needs to happen because these kids don't understand the mom and dad's getting ripped off uh, financially, and and it, it just it's, it's it's just sad all the way around. You know, they they need to put a stop to it. Um, as I tell, especially even here in Florida, um, you know, be careful. Speak. Make sure you you pick the right you know AU program. Make sure you go into the right tournaments, and make sure you have enough time to heal. Speaking of the players, um. Is there any like any any favorite players your dad coached, or is any like any of your favorite players he coached against? Man, that's tough. That's a great question, man. He coached against the best, you know. He coached against all the all the all the best players that came out of New York City. So, he, and back then, you got to think New York City was the top, the top notch. So, I would just say my father's top five players, of course, is Travis Best. You know, played in the NBA. Um, I got to go with the hometown favorite, Ron Williams. People don't realize Ron Williams uh, played on my father's team. He uh, went to St. Andrews before Tony. He had the he had the best scoring record before Tony Robinson broke it. Um, shout out to T. Rob, but um, Ron Williams, um, you know, local 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 Providence, Curtis Bostic. Um, who else? So many. Anthony Harris, Anthony Snake Harris. You know, and then I got to go with um, Troy Brown. You know, top five, but it's so many. It's not just top. It's so many. It's, I can't really say top five, but that's that's the top five that comes off the top of my head. Oh, okay, okay. Floyd. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. Abdul Abdul. You gotta get a shout out to Abdul Abdul. My father coached Abdul Abdul's first year in Rhode Island. Shout out to Abdul. Okay, Floyd. Describe your dad's relationship with the media. Do you have any good stories about your dad and Bill Reynolds? Bill helped your dad get major media cover with his articles in the Province Journal. Was there anyone else that your dad would like to talk to as far as newspapers or TV? Shout out to Bill Reynolds. That's the only guy that gave my dad some plug. Um, so to answer your question, Bill Reynolds is the only one. My father used to be, and my father met Bill Reynolds because we used to own, back then, once again, it was only like maybe five black folks. At Providence College Friday's basketball games. So my father used to always see Bill Reynolds. He used to get on Bill Reynolds. He used to get on, on John Jim Donaldson because he used to always talk bad about black players. So my father was one of those social rights people. So he was he was disappointed because he didn't get enough media plug, media press back then, because he was upset mm. that he had over 200, 300 coach, college coaches, D1 coaches, 
at the tournament and had no 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 ink. Nothing was in the Providence Journal. You know what I'm saying? So back then, like now, <laughs> we'll be great. Social media is amazing. But back then, uh, the reason why it happened because he was getting on Bill Reynolds, getting on all the play, getting all the news people for not showing us no love. Did your dive have any relationships with any D1 coaches? If so, yes. who? In which uh did he like working with any specific ones or any, any talking to any specific ones you can recall? Definitely. Um back then, Bob Huggins, uh Rick Barnes, John Calipari, John Thompson, um, just to name a few. Okay. Um, you know, if 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 you if you want to talk about coaches, my all time my all-time coaches, coaches list is John Tom Thompson. No, don't bring them up now. Don't bring them okay. up now. We'll get into them in a little no, no, bit. Okay. We'll into- okay, so the ones my father knew was back the, the go-to was uh Bobby Crimmins at Georgia Tech, Bob Huggins at University of Cincinnati, uh Jim Calhoun, because he went to school with Jim Calhoun at AIC. Uh, he was at UConn at the time, Al Skinner, um Rick Barnes. Gordy Chiesa before he got fired at Providence College, Rick Patino. Um, so yeah, my father, even right now, Coach Cal, you know, Coach Cal and, and Bruce Flint, you know. So those are just the name of a few. And, and shout out to Ed Cooley. Hey Floyd, did your dad have any desire to leave AAU to coach D1 Hoops? I've always asked my father that. He said no because of the travel. Um, he loved my mama so much and he knew high school was enough. He just wanted to stay locally. He wanted me to do that. So that's probably a blessing. I, probably something I missed up on, but he didn't, he did it already in the eighties before we moved to Providence. People don't realize he was the D2 assistant women's basketball coach at the AIC. Um, but, um, he didn't, he didn't have no desire. He just wanted to help kids get to college and be able to get education. We know he had connects, man. He had some real connects. I think he got Seacock there, breakaway rims. If I'm not mistaken. He got I told uh, he had a had a tournament there, and, and because of that tournament, Seacock got our breakaway rims. <laughs> they were donated from the school from uh, PC. Is that is that accurate? That is accurate. Providence College back then was doing um, going around. My father was the reason why Providence College basketball players did a term did a, went to Seacock High School, but in order for them to go. They had to get breakaway runs because back then, you know, we didn't have breakaway runs. So, yes, that is accurate. That was my sophomore year. Floyd, did your dad get any offers to coach D1 basketball? Not to my knowledge, no. Okay. I I just knew he knew a lot of college coaches. Um, I knew that even to this day, I I have his – it's funny. I have his phone to this day, and I just turned it on. He got all college coaches – Names and numbers and everything on it. Every, every, every D one and D two coach in the in the Northeast. My father knew. Mm, I love it. I okay, love it. before we get to one thing, I want to get into something uh, with you real quick. Um, did you talked a little bit that you do a AAU? Why don't you tell us about what was your path into getting into AAU? Um. I want to be like my father, you know. At the end of the day, I, I saw – I didn't realize my father – growing up, my father used to always say, you know, be, when he disciplined me, say my say my tears when I die. And I didn't realize how how much impact my father did 
to so many people's lives. So I wanted to be like my father when he, you know, so that's why I wanted to get back into AAU and trying to help young people to reach their goals and dreams. But what I realized now is that everyone's doing it for the wrong reason. So I had to take a step back and I believe that I can help in a different way. So that's what I'm doing now. Helping in a different way, not doing the AAU, but doing it on the side, you know. Bringing mm. people to the right places. <clears throat> Excuse me. Pointing the right athletes to the right programs to go to. Um, doing just the liaison part of just doing, just letting them know that, you know. Do you have Okay, right. Yo, go ahead, True Styles. What's your schedule like day to day? My schedule? Yeah. <laughs> Man, I do 50 million things. So I wake up at 4 for meditation. I do, uh, I'm a pastor. So I pastor a church. So I do my, uh, my church has prayer Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I just recently became a seventh grade civics teacher at uh, Taylor Middle School, Middle School, Middle High School. Um, so I do that. I'm a, I'm a black civil teacher in state of Florida. Believe that? That's crazy. But that's what I do. Um, I'm like my daddy. I'm back in the education system. Uh, when I first moved to Florida, I was a basketball coach at Crooms Academy. Um, did that for one year. And then I did the girls for three years. Um, then I uh, took a step back because, um, you know, I was then I was I was pastoring. At the time, I was pastoring in South Florida um, in Lake Worth Beach, Florida driving three hours one way and as well as being a school teacher but then uh, so long story short man my day is i wake up i'm a school teacher then i drive to Ormond beach i coach football um then i go to my church and then i drive back home and do it all over again but football's over so um now i'm getting ready for basketball season and i'm getting ready to um just watch people play basketball do you have any desire to get back into AAU maybe in the future, or you think that I do. you're done with that? I, okay. I do. So shout out to uh, Austin River Southeast Elite. Um, so it's on the Adidas circuit. I'm going to be uh, uh, working with them this summer. Uh, I don't know what age group, but shout out to them. Um, they're um, a good good program. They've been around for a very long time, not just because they're sponsored by Adidas, but they're, um, they're a real good, solid program. They actually have uh, players who – Played in the NBA, who actual players who come back, gave back um, their track record as well. So when I came down to Florida, um, I wanted to make sure that if I do go into an AU program, I want to go to one that's doing it the right way, um, is willing to help me grow and help me be able to continue to help young people be successful. Now, you're talking about Austin Rivers, son of Doc Rivers. Um... Correct. He's the sponsor there, but the, you know, it's his Southeast Elite. You know, shout out to Coach Rick. You know, he's the he's the he's the head man over there, and uh, Coach Faye Robinson. Uh, she's the coordinator. She's the one that got me on. She was the head coach at Crooms Academy. I was her assistant when I first moved to Florida. But they have the top one of the top AAU programs here, and um, here in the state of Florida. You know what I'm saying? So hands down, the Southeast Elite. Okay. Okay, guys, let's get into this week's uh, topic, uh, our Fab Five. And our Fab Five this week is our Fab Five college coaches. Oof. And yes, sir. And it could be it could be coaches on the female 
circuit or the men's. It doesn't matter that as long as they did a stint in college. And like we always start, you styles, you start us off. What's your number five? My number five college basketball coach uh, was Rick Pitino. Um, yeah. I met Rick Pitino at a young age. You know, I went to his camp for two years. Um, he's cool. He got swag. Rick Pitino's cool, man. He got swag. That's what I liked about him. He 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 puts up winning programs. I think the whole Louisville thing, how he went down with all the uh, the recruiting violations, man. They all did all the same, right? It's like the Patriot fans say, you know, they all cheat, but we cheat better or something like that. The whole Rick Pitino thing. I, I can't look at that. I can't look at this thing as his legacy. If if you know, I like Rick Pitino. He's one of five. Floyd, you're at number five. Don Stanley. <laughs> there was talks about it. her today. Love it. Love <laughs> well, it. I'm going to go to my number five. And this one I was going back and forth with. And after going through stuff with the GS14, he made me remember one of my favorite coaches, Jerry Tarkanian, the towel. Mm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's hot. So Who's- I'm going to go into my number four. My number four, I have a feeling this name is going to pop up on someone's list again. This, there's something about this guy I would love to play for. I would run through a wall for him. Bobby Huggy Bear Huggins. I just, there's yeah. something about him. I would Imagine. love to play for that guy. Floyd, your number four. My number four is Nolan Richardson. Okay. Um, was that Cincinnati? Was that Cincinnati? No, no, no. Arkansas. Arkansas, That's back-to-back right. championships. That's right. No, no, no. He lost to UCLA. He lost to UCLA. He beat Duke, lost to UCLA. No back-to-back. Back-to-back nope. national championship games. Correct. I, I, I am corrected, but he is my number four. Good coach. Good coach. Uh, screw Sky Thurman hitting that three, tucking in my Blue Devils. Still upset. <laughs> True Styles, you're number four. Uh, local, Ed Cooley. Uh, Ed Cooley's local, right? He's local. He's he's local here. He's local to URI. He's local to, to PC. He's local to BC. And guess what? He's now in Georgetown. <laughs> Ed Cooley. <laughs> All right. What's your number three, Mr. Georgetown? <laughs> okay. I get to go number three? Yep. Uh, my number three is Gino Yukon Oriyama. And what I like about him he went 80 plus wins in a row or something like that. Or I think it was in, and when he when they lost, his 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 statement was very humbling. And he actually said it was a relief to lose. And I always thought about that as I got into coaching, as right on the time I started. And I don't have obviously 80 wins in a row, but my point is to me, he's a humble guy. And I just think he puts together a winning program. I, I got him up there. Floyd, you're number three. John Calipari. Okay, nice pick. Hey, Final Fours everywhere he went. I mean, I know they get a little aggravated within uh, Kentucky. I don't know why. The next guy ain't going to go get recruits like him. So <laughs> I don't get now. My number three, you guys all going to know this is a biased pick. Um, he hasn't been coaching long, but he's my favorite player of all time. Bobby Hurley. He, that's my boy. guy. That's my guy. <laughs> I'm going to stand by him. It's I watch boy. Arizona State games because of him. And if he goes somewhere else, I'll be following them there, too. Mm-hmm. So that leads me to my number two. And what can I say? There's, there's, there's nothing else. That, there's nothing. It's The name speaks for itself. Pat Summit. I love her. Yeah. Uh, God rest her soul. She was the best. Class act. Did it right. A joy, a joy to watch. Floyd, your number 
two, please. John Thompson. George Thompson. Uh, okay. okay, 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 okay. Well, my number two was who you had up there. I think you had number five. I got my number two is Dawn Staley. She is Gina Auriemma, but a, but a black female version, and she wins championships early in her career. Yeah, Dawn Staley's a beast. I got her at number two, and I'm going to keep her there. Okay, you're number one. Number I'm one, yes. Yeah, so number one is Georgetown. John Thompson, the man says it all. He's even local. Didn't he play here at PC? Yes, he did. Yes, and he did. coached Georgetown. He gave me Alonzo Morning. He gave us Patrick Ewan. And guess what? He made sure Allen Iverson made a statement in the basketball world. Allen Iverson set the culture for the NBA. And guess who made him able to do that? John Thompson. So he's number one. Best coach ever. If you think about all these NBA coaches. All these college coaches, whoever produced Bird, whoever produced Miguel, Magic, Iverson, not Kobe didn't go to college. Right now, I guess Steph, Davidson, those coaches are the best because those players are the biggest influence. And John Thompson is just the biggest influence in my era. Gosh, I love it. G-Town. Floyd, you're number one, please. I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that. And I love John Thompson. <laughs> Listen, I was, I was, I, I love John Thompson. He, I was, I was fighting back and forth between John Thompson in my number one, I got to go to Coach K. Coach K yeah, retired from yeah. I mean, you, I agree with that. You can't, you can't take nothing away from that man. I mean, he even coached the Olympic team, and even uh, Kobe Bryant and himself. If we didn't have Coach K, we would not be able to get it. Listen, I love. I'm a John Thompson, Georgetown, Ed Cooley, my guy right now. We was doing current coaches. I'll say Ed Cooley, but right, you got to give it to Coach Tom, whatever. I can't even now. I'm just gonna say. Coach K from Duke. I'm not even a Duke fan, but you got to give credit where credit is due. Coach K. I do I have to announce that. my number one? Do I do I have I, to I, announce my number one? Can I say you echo him? I think you're going to echo him. Huh? Oh, come on. Floyd, you know me. Who am I picking, number one? I already know who you're picking. Without a doubt. We should call you that in high school. <laughs> Yo, my man, Coach K. I mean, there's, there's no... There's, like I said, respect to him. That's that's my dude. I met him a few times, met the wife. Good class act. Coach K. Okay. Floyd, I want to get into something else. Um, on November 11th, 2016, you were in the Corona Cigar Corps. Get in the cigar and trying to relax for uh, the night. Could you tell us what happened that night to you? Yes. It's a night I will never, ever forget. I was just at the time I was working at the hotel. I was a night manager at a hotel. If you if you remember, that's the same night that Donald Trump got elected. So I was having a, a rough time trying to comprehend all that. So I went to um, a local cigar lounge that I do. I smoke cigars. Um, uh, so we went to a cigar lounge. We go there. Um, so on, on my way, purchasing my cigar. Um, as soon as I purchased my cigar, I t- turn around. Who did I see? George. Um, I see George Zimmerman, the murderer of Trayvon Martin. Um, my first reaction is, you know, you're in Florida. You're a black man. Be careful. You know what I'm saying? So be, be kind. So I gave him a handshake, tapped him on his back, and proceeded to go to my seat and, you know, smoke my cigar. 
about 10, 15 minutes later, um, Seminole County Sheriff Department come to the establishment. Um, say, um, tapped me on my shoulder. I was with um, uh, a, junk, a couple of gentlemen, a couple of friends of mine. Um, so they said, sir, um, um, uh, Mr. Zimmerman has uh, pressing charges on you for assault. Um, we need to take a, a statement. I said, assault? I said, if he really wanted me to hurt him, I really would have done something. But I didn't. So I only shook his hand and tapped him on the shoulder. So we got to take a statement. So they go in, they check the tapes, they realize that I was telling the truth. Um, so that experience happened the very next day. Uh, New York Times, uh, New York Post, Orlando Central, all these. News companies, outlets is calling me, asking me for a, a comment. I didn't know what to do. I was new to Florida, uh, you know. I'm still transitioning. It was, it was, it was frightening because I had no backup. I had no, no crew to go to. Or I'm here by myself, minding my business. I was kind. Could you imagine if I was really being violent? Then it would have been something would have been popped off, you know. But I was being the nice guy. Good to see you. Have a great night. Walked away, and then he said, "I, I pre-. so it was, it was, it was something to realize that racism still exists, e- even in Seekonk, even in Lake Mary, Florida." Before we get into in Seekonk, I do want to read a statement by the manager of the Corona Cigar Corp. Chip Brown told deputies that he wanted Zimmerman trespassed or removed because of several recent disturbance that he had initiated. Brown told deputies that Zimmerman later approached him and said, I didn't know you are a blank racial slur before he left the bar. That just shows the type of man this guy was. I mean, kudos to Chip Brown for asking him to get removed for um, trespassing and stuff. Um, I'm sure it was a tough thing for you to deal with. And also, I know firsthand, it wasn't the first time you had to deal with something like that. I witnessed it firsthand with you um, back in 1995 during a basketball game. We were shaking hands at the end of the game. And uh, a student athlete from the opposing team from the Fairhaven school made a comment that was out of line once again. And to this day... It was the loudest punch I ever heard in my life. I don't want to mention the other player who came across and punched the guy in the face, sticking up for you. Like I remember us grabbing you and stopping you from doing something stupid, but I do know we rushed most of them back into the locker room. And again, you no, handled it with class all time. Salaki, man. Shout out to Mike Salaki. I got you want to drop his name? Go ahead. I got a shout out to him. I, I seen him. Yeah. It was I seen him. I, I went back to Seacon for the first time in 13 years. They, um, shout out to um, Alex, man. He's doing a heck of a job at Seacon High School. Um, he's an alumni there. Um, but shout out. So what happened was, man, I was playing. I was a sophomore playing JV basketball. We won the game, um, I believe. And um, one of the phone closing players called me the N-word. And next thing I know, I, I before I can hit, the, the player, they grabbed me and Mike Selecki. Shout out to Mike, man, Big Mike hit him and knocked him to the to the to the other side of the other side of the court. <laughs> Cleanest so, man, shot I heard. Listen, shout yeah, I out heard to it Mike in the locker Selecki, room. Man. He, he, <laughs> I get ready for my game. Showed, I heard it. 
he showed that man the real deal, man. And we friends to this day. And I and I thank God for people like that who are not afraid to to the if even if you're not black, you know, not afraid to stick up for what's right. You know what I'm saying? So Seacock was not easy. People thought it was easy, you know, but it wasn't easy. You know what I'm saying? It was a struggle every day. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't that, um, you know, I wasn't that athletic, you know what I'm saying? So unlike, you know, Jerry was a sophomore playing starting quarterback as a sophomore. I was, I was barely making a football team, you know what I'm saying? So it was my, I'm not saying that it was easy for Jerry. I'm just saying that it was different for all, because we were black, point blank. All I'm saying is it was different. For all blacks, and um, I, I thank God that we did have a few Caucasians, Portuguese, Irish folks who you know who stuck up for us. You yeah. know what I'm saying? When 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 they saw us being mistreated, so you know what I'm saying. Shout out to you know the Victors, the Mats, the Mats, the the Derricks, the the Mike Salakis, the to, to the Hurleys. You know what I'm saying? We used to call Hurley Hurley. You know, in high school. You no, know? shout out to the to, to the good ones. You know what I'm saying? So. Shout out to you, man. Stick it with me and keep me grounded as well. Sure. You were younger than me, but I could look up to you for some things as well. And here we are, what, 30 years later. It's all sure. good, man. Love you for that, brother. Love you too, man. I will say this. The one thing I do remember from that, besides that, when we got back in the locker room, I remember um, the coach didn't curse us out. We knew there was going to be issues with Mike getting in trouble, but he actually <laughs> commended us for all standing up to one another. And yeah. being a team, and it, it, I'm sure it felt good for for you, knowing everyone stuck up for you. But for us to stay united as a team, it was it was real good. But what most people don't know was his brother was on the team, and I went back to the stands, and I was talking to some people I knew, asked what happened, and I was explaining to him. And the, his brother in the layup line came up to me and said a comment. I can remember turning, looking at him. I'm like. Run your mouth too, you end up like your brother. It's what right. I told him. <laughs> it happens, man. Um, True Styles, you got anything else for Floyd? I already have to get very happy he's here. And like I said, this is my best, my favorite. This is the one show I've been waiting for. And it keeps getting better and better. And I thank you for making it like that. That's what's up. Floyd, do you have anything else you want to tell the people? Man, I just want to say thank you for the opportunity for allowing me to be here. Thank you for um, keeping my father's uh, memory alive. It's been 13 years. 13 years has been the hardest years of my life. Um, um, but, you know, just remember that, you know, he 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 wasn't just an A basketball coach. He was, you know, he was a special ed teacher. You know, he, he taught at Hope High School. Think about it. He, he taught at Hope High School and was a basketball coach at Central. You know what I'm saying? Started mm. at Feinstein. He's the, he's the only play coach at the time, you know, took two different high schools to the state finals, you know, two different divisions. So I, I miss him daily. You know, he believed in all his players to be not just scholars on the court, but off the court, you know. So that's why I strive in my children. That's why I strive for every day when I be a teacher and when I coached here in Florida, what I try to do every day, try to be the best. And no matter what, he always used to say he was so poor that the Roaches had to go next though. So, you know, I'm so thankful for his um, being a role model for me. Um, and I'm thankful for the opportunity that we can get his his story out there. Shout Thank out to you both me. of you all. Thank you all for doing this. Well, we wanted to give your father his cigars. I like to use the, that term over flowers. And we were happy to have you. Um, hopefully you can come back on, you know, 
it's good for one i haven't got to talk to you in 30 years so it's good talking to you again i'm glad you're doing well um yeah one thing i do want to mention i know we talked about floyd you mentioned that you weren't the superb athlete but you know what sometimes the the mentality the hustle the grinds what can get you where you need to be for what i understand and i recall you were affiliated with hbcu wilberforce university in ohio you got to play a year there so that right there alone just says that you got to go somewhere and be something, you know, and live that dream. Now, again, I got to love you and respect you for that. Big shout out right there. Appreciate that. Appreciate it. Shout out to Wilberforce Bulldogs, HBCU, man. It was a great opportunity to play on that stage, um, to travel the country, to um, to play against the Clark Atlantis, the Morehouses, the Fists, the, um, you know, it, the Kentucky States, you know, just to be in, in, in that environment. It's nothing like it. You know, the HBCU bands playing at the games, not just at the football games, but playing at the basketball games as well. So it was definitely uh, one of the best times of my life. And thank you for that, man. And once again, it's been a, a great opportunity to, um, to share my story and my dad's story. Once again, it was nice having you, man. Good talking to you, buddy. Likewise, my brother. Y'all be blessed now. All right, man. Represent. Yeah. Represent. Oh, <laughs> man. My man. <laughs> we're not gonna do picks this week due to the fact that we did it on the sunday um as of right now i'm one and one uh your second game's going on right now so no. we're not gonna do picks this week we're gonna do next week uh true styles you got anything else for tonight uh i just want to give shout outs everybody uh out there enjoy the holiday season uh, it's one of those, it's that time of year I'm noticing traffic's getting busier, you know, road rage is getting wild. Relax, slow down, have something to smile for. If you got health, you got wealth. That's what's up. Yeah, the one thing I want to shout out before, I want to thank Steve Spagnolo Spags. He's the one that actually came up with the idea to bring uh, Floyd on. And it was a great call by him because he had a great story to tell. Um his dad, like a legendary, like I said, AAU coach, brought it to uh, Rhode Island and many other places. Um, Big shout out, Max. My man. All right, guys. You know, please like, share, and subscribe below. Yeah. <laughs>